0: It's be biting my hype when I'm rapping My life is a movie, I'm making it happen Groupies is why I don't dap They hate and complain, but I'm living in action. Make it look easy, they swear that I'm coasting. Smoking
1: and speeding down miles, I'll be floating. Breaking the leaf with his I'm rolling. They ain't believe it, I knew I was chosen. They ain't believe it, I knew I was special. I was thorough like this, why I knew he was blessed. Even though I'm kind hearted, I still keep that fire up. Burn me in, so don't try to test. Me. I stood up in every situation. You wasn't
0: in them situations with us. Opportunity knocking, we don't go and get them. I couldn't let none of us be a victim. I let us go all that like we average I'm making this money, I'm flipping a package I'm running it up, burning calories Trap. I'm eating this salad while I counting
1: this cap. I read every day, I need M's and I'm serious p- She the baddest, she said I'm period She said I'm the hardest, she know all my lyrics Play your music with bitches, p- they don't wanna hear it
0: So what's going on everybody and welcome back to another episode of the For Winners podcast. I'm your host Nate aka Nate two times on all social media owner of For The Winners and welcome back to another episode. So before I get started with everything I have a special announcement guys look we got a placement a graphic design placement with the luxury brand product right yes crazy product clap it up for us clap it up yes we just got that graphic design placement pl- placement with them that's pretty cool also we're working on MCM right now another luxury brand as well so clap it up for us we're really working hard really doing our thing so and just as a side note if you need any type of graphic design services feel free to reach out to us and we can work with you And we pretty much can do anything for you on a graphic design and video editing end. so uh that's like a special announcement there now in this podcast today i have a linkedin strategist on she's a linkedin coach linkedin strategist and she also do, does a lot of other things as well but you all know I always talk about the opportunities that are available on LinkedIn, but not a lot of people really know what to do on LinkedIn and what's actually there. So I decided to bring on a friend of mine who's a LinkedIn coach, LinkedIn strategist to pretty pretty much drop a lot of gems and help you all step your LinkedIn, LinkedIn game up. So I hope you all really enjoy this episode. Now, you know you all know I like to pretty much go on and on in these intros. So I'm going to get off and I'm going to just start the episode. So let's do it. Let's get into the episode. Hope you enjoy it. So what's good, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the For the Winners podcast. So today, we have a very special guest. Now, everybody knows I've been talking a lot about, like, LinkedIn and shit like that on my social media. Also, how I've been trying to get into it and just been putting out little snippets of stuff here and there about the different stuff that LinkedIn has going on and just a lot of, like, B2B. And even, I'm st- even seeing, like, B2C, like, opportunities popping up on LinkedIn, too. So... I looked in my network and I said, who can I reach out to that I really fuck with that knows a lot about LinkedIn and that's doing shit within LinkedIn? So I got on my dear friend, Precious Precious Price, who is a LinkedIn coach and brand strategist. She's also a real estate investor and a public speaker as well. So I have her on the show. We're just going to dig in a lot on LinkedIn and what she's even doing on LinkedIn currently and Mm -hmm. pretty much get a lot of that stuff going and also touch on a couple of other different subjects too but today we have precious price on the show what's up let, let them know where, where they can find you and, and a little bit about yourself
1: absolutely thanks nate and thanks for bringing me on i'm excited it's kind of like a, a a pop for a pop you got on mine i got on yours <laughs>
0: I was just thinking about that shit
1: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Hi everyone, my name is Precious Price As stated, I am a LinkedIn coach and brand Strategist. I pretty much help people um, Professionals as well as small Business owners to better and further Communicate the value of whatever their Offering is or their brand To their audience. Now the avenue that I typically do this through for my clients Is via LinkedIn as mentioned by Nate Um, So that is where I Play with it, at least within the online Service space. I also am I'm a uh, real estate investor, I guess you could say that. Uh, I currently have two properties in the Atlanta area that I do a short-term Airbnb rental for. And I'm in the process of actually building a third, um, which is actually a tiny home. So this is y'all the first to hear it, actually. This is the first <laughs> that I mentioned it. <laughs>
0: I fire you. So, Yeah. Uh, all right, so LinkedIn. Now, this is an interesting one here. So, a lot of people sleep on LinkedIn, number one. Like, LinkedIn kind of has, like, this, um, like, image of it being, like, a recruiting platform or, like, mm-hmm.
1: something like,
0: people just to find jobs on, like, but a lot of people aren't really, like, hip to the business opportunities within, within LinkedIn, right? So, I honestly feel like since people just are completely sleeping on LinkedIn, like, we kind of got to like go from the ground up as far as even how to like your tips on how to actually build out your profile and then going into like how to brand yourself on LinkedIn and how to actually start selling through LinkedIn. Because I, I want to get into some other stuff of, of how people are like selling through LinkedIn right now, mm-hmm. which I feel like doesn't work. It's like, well, I'm going to just wait. It is weak. Yes.
1: Let's <laughs> tackle it one at a time.
0: <laughs> like number one, right? When you first make your LinkedIn profile, like what do you need? Like pretty much break down the steps of developing your LinkedIn profile before you start going into like strategy and all of the other different types of stuff. So like, you know, Absolutely.
1: So before you even get started on, hey, like you're in your mind, you're like, okay, hey, it's time for me to clean up my LinkedIn. Like I'm trying to find some opportunity. I need a new job. I'm trying to get some new clients. I just want to be on LinkedIn now because they got LinkedIn live. Whatever your reason may be, before you do any of that shit, you need to understand how you want to be portrayed or perceived online. Because LinkedIn is that holistic place where people are going to see your education, your work history, what organizations are you affiliated? What do you like? Like all of these things, right? They see a holistic view of you. So you need to understand how you actually want to be perceived by other people. Now, typically when people are making their LinkedIn, all they say is, well, you know what, this is where I work. So that's all they put on their LinkedIn is where you currently work. Like Well, I work at, I don't know, some type of consulting firm, and that is the only identity that you're kind of portraying on LinkedIn, and that is the wrong way to do it. When you are creating your profile, just going top to bottom, right? So if you're listening to this right now, I want you to go to your LinkedIn profile, and we're just going to go top to bottom. The very first thing that people see is your profile photo, right? You need to make sure that your profile photo is visible to everybody. I don't care if you say that you're a private person. I don't care if you're like, oh, well, I don't. it doesn't matter. Make it visible to everybody because somebody's going to find your face somewhere on the internet. It's 2020. Come on now. Don't try to hide your face anymore. So that's number one. Number two, I always say, which is the most important piece, because this is where your inbound opportunity is going to come from, from LinkedIn primarily, right? Your headline. Your headline is what you typically see as, for instance, for you, Nate, it would be CEO of For the Winners, right? For me, CEO of the Brown Table, right? Typically people, if you're students, students put student at, I went to Indiana University, student at Indiana University, and that's all they put is their role or the school that they're going to. And I want to let you know that that's not enough. They give you too much room for you to actually outline, not just the role that you have, but what you actually do for people, right? And that's the difference that you need to understand is what you what your role is, is a lot different from the value that you bring to people. What you want to put on display and broadcast is the value that you bring to people. People can give a damn about your roles. It's just names. It's just semantics. That's all it is. So when you're looking at your headline, include things that are more than just your company or your school. If you look at my headline, I have a career, I have multiple businesses, and then I also have a podcast as well. And all of that is all of that information is listed in my headline. Does it confuse people? No, because I understand the brand or how I want to be perceived online by other people. Oh, that's why I said oh, that's what you need to get first.
0: So, like, okay, so that portion right there. Now, if you're speaking for a person who's an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And, okay, they put what they own. Now, after they put what they own in there, What else are they putting in there outside of what they own if they're entrepreneur?
1: hmm Absolutely. Like phrases in any type of, let's say that you have a specific certificate, or let's say that you're trained in something specifically, like or for instance, for you, Nate, you're really good at social media training and marketing. That's what I perceive you to be, right? You would then put in your headline, CEO of For the Renters, and then maybe a pipe, a dash, bullet, whatever it is, separate it, and then social media trainer, social media marketer. You get what I'm saying? So that those types of like keywords are then pulled for your profile you don't just want to like sometimes people don't know what for the winners is but they know that they want some social media help and social media training and that's how you're then being found or being able to be seen for those types of opportunities
0: right okay now with, with the linkedin stuff having this right here is is it does it work the same as like how instagram right it's like a keyword search SEO type of ordeal going on or like absolutely have that in there you type it in and you will pop up just because you have that in your thing
1: absolutely like it, it the I would say LinkedIn is even better than other platforms in that aspect because not only do they search your display names and your headlines they're also searching your entire profile so the detail that you put in the education history that you got, work history and your summary, they search all of that shit. Like anytime you put anything within the search box on LinkedIn, if I if I'm looking for like social media training, even if I don't have it in my headline if I have it in my summary, I'm going to be within those search results, but it's the same as any other search engine, right? If you have it in that headline, the headline is larger. The headline is going to put you at the top of the search results. If you just have it in your summary, then yeah, you, you might be found, but it's going to take, they're going to have to go through a couple of those search results first.
0: So when you pulling now, I know this is skipping on along over, but this just falls back into like the, uh, the keyword thing. Now, is LinkedIn pulling your keywords from your skills and endorsements? Your about like literally they're pulling everything. From literally everything now that's major because normally like on Twitter, Instagram, they're only pulling from your bio. Exactly, which, like, it's multiple places where LinkedIn is pulling from, which makes you uh
1: more. It's so much opportunity, right? So when you have an actual complete profile, even if you're not even sure where you want to go, right? But if you've completely and accurately depicted the experience that you have, the type of clients that you work with, the type of work that you do, you're still putting yourself in the game, right? Because when you don't have a complete profile, or for those of you who may not even have a profile because you're like, I don't work for anybody, I'm an entrepreneur, it doesn't fucking matter. It does not matter. You need to go on there you need to have a profile because they are pulling that information. And then what I like to mention to people as well is even if you're someone who says, you know what, I don't need to be on LinkedIn. Like I have my own business. I don't, I don't need that. But you have one. What I want you to do is I want you to search your first and last name on Google. If you search your first and last name on Google, the LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile, if you have one, will be in the top three to five search results. I guarantee it. If you have a profile, but you're like, okay, no, I don't want to use it. Even if you've never used it in years, it's going to be within the top three to five search results. So you're doing yourself a disservice by not even having a full profile or a completed profile on there, or at least just putting how people can find you in other places on your LinkedIn profile. Because I've seen people say, right, even if you don't want to be active on LinkedIn, I've seen people just say in their summary, I'm not necessarily on here, but you can find me more active on Instagram and Facebook. Here's that information. Here's my website. So at least if somebody lands on your LinkedIn page, they know where else to go. Typically, people don't even have that information on a LinkedIn page. So that puts you light years ahead.
0: So now moving into like the about section, right? On on the LinkedIn page. Now, how should you be talking in your about section? Should you be talking Mm -hmm. like somebody is writing about you or should you be talking like you're sitting there like literally you type that shit out and you're like talking to the person who's looking at the you want to
1: talk in first person you want to talk i my me do not put like for instance with mine i wouldn't put precious price is the ceo of the brown tape this isn't an article that's being written about you everybody know you wrote that shit yourself So personalize it and humanize it a little more because that's really what makes people reach out to you, right? It's a lot easier to reach out to someone who says, okay, this is my story. This is where I come from. This is what I'm doing and where I want to go rather than saying, well, Nate Gray is the CEO of For the Winners and he started way back 12 years ago. Whatever it is, it just makes you seem so much further away and out of touch when LinkedIn is already a professional platform. So many people on there have this hesitation with reaching out because it's like, well, this person's really important or this person is doing this, everybody's busy. You have to find a way to stand out on the platform. And I've found through my experience and my clients' experience, experiences that when you personalize your experience or humanize yourself on the platform, actually say, hey, this is me, get a little personal, not just saying, oh, within my day-to-day job or within um, my business, I utilize these skills. But no, tell us why the hell you got into this. What really made you hungry to do this, right? That is the piece that differentiates people. It makes others want to reach out to you and say, damn, I want to be just like you, or I want to know more, right? If you're just listing off your skills, your certifications, and the jobs you have, it's like, okay, you told me everything. There's nothing that's leaving me like intrigued or wanting more. That's what you want to do on LinkedIn and specifically within your summary. So there's a couple of ways that you can do this, right? Because typically people have a really, really hard time figuring out how to craft their summary. My guidance is always, you want to take people through a journey of what you're doing, right? So the first way that you can craft your summary is just a past, present, future. Here's what I used to do. Here's what I'm doing now. And then here's where I want to go, right? This is what I want to do. Even if you are an entrepreneur, it's the same way. I started out and I got my degree in this. Then maybe I dropped out and that's when I landed here and started my business. Now I'm starting my business and I want to help other people. I want to help a 100,000 black entrepreneurs get to xyz you want to paint a picture for people so that's the first way past present future the second is who what and why tell us who you are what you do and why you do it is that simple right that's a really really simple and quick one that you can do if here's my role this is why i pretty much do it right like this is what led me to it and that's just it that's what you're doing so the first like i said past present future um who you are, what you do, and why you do it. And then the third I like to say is a profession versus passion thing. So if any of you are listening and you might look me up on my LinkedIn, this is how my summary is set up because I'm someone who I'm like what you will call a corporate side hustler. I have my corporate career that I really thoroughly enjoy. I get paid really well to do that. And it works well with my businesses that I have. So I don't want to drop either one. And people know me for both. I don't hide my career from my clients and I don't have my clients from my career. My, my job knows that I'm in branding. So I split my profile out by passion versus profession. By passion, I'm the CEO and founder of the brand table. I enjoy helping people to really uncover and communicate their value to their audiences in a succinct way so that they can capture inbound opportunity via the internet in the digital world. By profession, I'm a senior consultant at Accenture. I'm in our digital practice. I then help bring client our clients value through X xyz it kind of breaks it out so that people can see okay you do both of these but i see how they come together i see why you do both does that make sense
0: mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense now uh moving on to like experience skills and endorsements like say if it's an entrepreneur like that's just starting out right mm-hmm. that's just starting out so like even say for for example me like When I first started, like, selling shit, like, I didn't really, like, I didn't have experience in my business yet, so I Mm -hmm. couldn't really get endorsed by shit. And then, like, even when it went down education, like, I mean, me, like, I just got a fucking associate's degree. So it's like, I don't have, like, top tier education. I don't look like, you know, the top, you know, you you get what I'm saying? Like, the the type of profiles that, like... (laughs) People like think of when they like, and I've heard this from other people too, like that have been in the same boat as me, like before they start gaining clientele and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. or even if they just have a a small amount of clientele, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It seems like people want to only see like the top talent or they only want to see people with a trillion endorsement. You know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. So in that instance, that is when it comes, it's up to you to then endorse yourself. Let me tell you how you do that. Endorsing yourself looks like there's a featured section that you could have on um, on LinkedIn now. It's a new, it's a fairly new feature. It's a yeah, it's a fairly new feature, but it's called the featured section. It's right underneath your summary profile, so you hop from summary to experience. It's actually summary featured and then experience now. Featured is pretty much where you can put different links to your website. You can put links to articles that have been written about you. You can put links to your previous work. So especially if you're someone, let's say you do graphic design, even if you don't have any clients yet, you haven't had any clients yet. For me to think that you're saying you want to do graphic design, you've at least had to design something. Put that on there. You want to begin vouching for yourself, right? Because a really big piece of LinkedIn is that credibility. But when you can't get that from other people through those endorsements and those recommendations, that's when you have that featured section where you're literally just listing out, okay, this is the work that I'm doing in this area. So that that, that, you don't want it to just seem like you jumped in an industry and it completely came out of nowhere.
0: Right, right. So would you say leave those courses out experience and skills and endorsements or still just leave them there
1: no because again right like you if you are someone who you're saying okay i'm an entrepreneur i just started within this space i don't necessarily have any clients yet you still number one if you are not if you're doing work and you don't have an llc or a company for yourself that's what you need to get you need to have your own entity you can set up a profile for your company On LinkedIn, so then it looks official and the logo pops up next to it in your experience section and all of that. So then it looks like, okay, you actually have a company and you work for somebody, you have experience because it doesn't just have to be, okay, well, I didn't work for anybody in this field, but I worked for myself. If you worked for yourself, go on LinkedIn and create a business page for the business that you have and then add it to your personal profile. And that's how you show the experience that you have within your own avenue.
0: Now, okay, now let's move into an area. Now you answered that perfectly too, by the way. So like mm-hmm. uh I wanna move into an area of now you're trying to get clients on LinkedIn. Now, when I started adding people on LinkedIn, right? So number one, let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> start adding people on LinkedIn, are you just searching for your people that you would wanna connect with and just add in, just adding and adding and adding? Like is that Mm-mm. a good strategy or no? No.
1: So here's a strategy you want to take with adding people on LinkedIn. You want people. So number one, I know everybody gets LinkedIn requests, right? Because there's a lot of spam out there on LinkedIn where they just want to send you a message and say, hey, can you buy my product? Don't just approve everybody on LinkedIn, number one. Do not do that because you are going to end up not enjoying the platform. You're going to think that it's boring. You're going to think that it's really spammy. Don't do that. You want to be really strategic with who you approve. So when we're looking at, okay, who to approve, I like when people include a note. Tell me why the hell you reaching out to me, what you want. Let me know. Because if we have one connection in common and you all the way out in, I don't know, Washington, I'm wondering what is it that you want from me, Right. So that's number one, as far as when you're approving requests, look for those that have notes. But then if they don't have notes, check out their profile and see, is there anything that I can gain from them? Because they haven't told me what they want from me yet. So what can I get from you? And if I see nothing, I don't approve them. Because what, what do you want? You didn't tell me what you want. Some people just connect with me because they like my content. So that then moves into how do you find people to actually connect with that are potential leads, that are potential prospects, right? Right in that case, you want to look at content, right? And content is no different on LinkedIn than it is on Instagram and Facebook. The only difference is the nature of the content that you're putting out. Now, the content that you're putting out on LinkedIn does not just have to be pertaining to I just graduated, I just got a new job, I got promoted. I put out content related to a bunch of different stuff on LinkedIn. Check it out if you want to do that. But when you're looking to actually reach out to people, go through content. So I said earlier, LinkedIn is a crazy advanced platform with search if you just search the word for instance for you nate you might search like i don't know sales psychology you search that word on linkedin you can then filter down not necessarily to people to content and when you filter down to content it's going to show you all of the posts that include the words sales sales psychology or somebody mentioned sales psychology because that's that's kind of an area that you play in right so you would want to engage further with those people. Now, if you see somebody who put out a really good piece of content related to that, you like that and then you send them a connection request. You might like and comment so they notice like, your name.
0: This right here, this just reminded me of, because honestly, I didn't even know this thing right here existed where you could s- search uh content. It's actually pretty cool. So like this reminded me of like Twitter, like how you can do keyword searches on Twitter. Mm-hmm yeah certain words so is it literally that exact same thing where it's just showing you like the latest of the latest content that's like has that word or whatever you're searching like in it
1: yeah so it so it'll search that and then you can then sort and filter by different things the one that I primarily use which is the only one that I can think of right now is I like to see what's from today because LinkedIn is a platform that's good for showing you shit from weeks ago right on your timeline because that's the good thing about linkedin though especially if you're somebody making content if you have a really good post that shit could ride out for literally a month at least
0: From me being on there i was seeing content from a long ass time ago and i didn't even realize that it was from a long ass time ago and exactly I was, and stuff like that too and i didn't even realize it was from so long ago like, exactly then is i just searched like sales on uh on linkedin and looked at the content i'm looking at the latest post from it like one is from one minute ago and i'm like just searching through it, uh just searching for right now now um
1: a piece that i want to mention because you just said that typically when you get on linkedin they're going to show you the top posts because this is all across all platforms they're showing you shit that you're most likely to engage with in order for you to really Get the most out of your, uh, your network, the people that you're connected with. Every now and again, you need to go on LinkedIn on your laptop on a desktop version via the web, and you need to go on there. And when you immediately on your home profile, on your home page, you can change that from showing your top posts to showing recent, but you can only do that via the web. So you want to go and interact with more of your, the recent posts too, so that you're seeing more from all of your network, not just from the 20 to 25 people that you're most likely to interact with.
0: So this, this leads me to another question right here. So like, okay, the way that people post on LinkedIn, now I mentioned the like how people post on Twitter and how people post on LinkedIn and how that can go into like finding clients and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, still watches right on twitter you can type in i need watches right and, and and the way that people post people are just posting shit that's on the top of their mind so they're just mm-hmm. saying like i need watches but like on linkedin it seems like people aren't posting what's at the top of their mind they're posting like strategic shit or accomplishments you
1: mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
0: which so, means like, you need to I'm be
1: s- strategic with- about the way that you're selling on linkedin This then gets into um, this aspect of social telling, which is social selling, excuse me, which is actually something that I teach to my own clients. You sell through content, you sell through showing people, okay, this is how I think and this is how you should think too. Not necessarily saying, hey, today we got 40% off all of our watches, all of our courses, that's not going to work on LinkedIn, Especially, and it's definitely not going to work if you're someone with, I'm going to say, less than five to 10,000 followers or connections on LinkedIn. It's just not going to work. You need to already have some type of backing for that. So on LinkedIn, people are strategically looking. You know that these are people that at least are looking to learn something, right? Or they're looking mm-hmm. to get into a particular field or learn more about a particular industry. So if mm-hmm. you're someone, let's say, I don't know, since we said watches, right? You're, you're in this like watches industry, at that point, if you're selling watches, you don't need to be on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, today we got 40% off watches." No, you might be on LinkedIn and you take a a picture of your of your wrist, you're on your way to a meeting, and it's like, "Oh, look at the time." And then you write some caption related to how you on your way to a business meeting and you're excited for it, and that's what you upload to LinkedIn, and then at the bottom of your post, you then include, "This watch is on my website." Click the link in the comments because that's an important piece, too. You don't, you never want to link to outside websites on LinkedIn in the post. Do it in the first comment because that messes with the algorithm. They don't want you to take people from off of their platform.
0: So, okay, so put any links that you want to put on your post inside of your comments. because in, in
1: your first comment. Just like how people do on Instagram with uh, the hashtags, they stopped that's doing them
0: that leads to another thing too with even the hashtags because we all i mean it's it's kind of like common knowledge you know hashtags help you get more engagement but mm-hmm. now when it goes into using hashtags on linkedin are you putting hashtags in your comments or are you putting hashtags on a post and also like can you just go all out with will ha- like you can use like 30 hashtags on instagram in and mm-hmm.
1: so like, exactly because like, you know it's like not the facebook, same
0: it's like on facebook not to cut you out like on facebook yeah you really not supposed to use like more than four, or three. Mm-hmm. People basically. So like, is that the same or and when it comes it's, to Twitter, like none. Really. It, it's
1: similar like that. And when I, and I would say even when you're looking at the way that um like the timeline and the algorithms work, I would say that LinkedIn is more similar to Facebook than it is to Instagram because Facebook and LinkedIn are not Facebook and LinkedIn are more so text based platforms. Whereas Instagram is more of like, okay, you're uploading images, Twitter is like quick tweets, LinkedIn and Facebook are more for those long form short, like long form posts that you have, right? Because you typically see people doing story times on Facebook. And you'll see the same on LinkedIn of people, they'll have a whole paragraph of shit. The only difference is on LinkedIn, what's the rave now is people split out their sentences one by one. That's the only difference.
0: So so with the hashtags, are you putting them in the the caption or in the comments?
1: You're putting them in the caption, in the caption. You want those in the caption so that they capture them. And then you do not want to do 30, 40 hashtags like you do on Instagram. Three to five hashtags is the optimum for you to actually see some engagement from your hashtags and start trending. Because you can kind of micro trend on LinkedIn, too, and they'll notify you. They'll say you're trending in hashtag growth mindset or hashtag personal branding. And you can trend in specific hashtags. And all of the people who are following those hashtags will then see your content and you'll be at the top. You'll be a top post in those hashtags, which right. is another piece that's important of reaching out to people and getting growing your connections or growing your network. A way that you can do that is follow hashtags. Because right now, what you're seeing on your profile is the stuff that you follow people right? And you're only seeing their posts, but you can follow a hashtag. And if somebody is consistently using that hashtag, then you are going to see the information from all of those people that are using that hashtag. And you don't even have to be connected with them. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense. Now, when it goes into the type of hashtags that you're using now, there's a strategy on like TikTok and like Instagram, where you can like search like hashtag volume and stuff like that and see like how many people are using the hashtag which best ones are you to use whatever are there any tools and stuff like that for linkedin or it really doesn't matter you can use a very broad hashtag and it'll you can
1: like, yeah you know? so there, so there's not necessarily something like that on linkedin but you can use so i typically like to say you want a couple like within those three to five hashtags you want to have at least two of them that are really broad that are large. Like for instance, hashtag growth mindset is a really broad hashtag. That's not very specific, right? And then when you get into the other two to three that you have left, get into smaller, more specialized hashtags so that you can get those people who are specifically searching for that. Because the larger hashtags are more so if you just want to get people who are scrolling through that topic, and they just so happen to stumble up on your content and they think it's engaging when you go to the smaller hashtags like for instance even what i like to also recommend to people is create your own hashtag like i i hashtag most of my posts on across all platforms are hashtag precious C price hashtag the brand table so then at that point when i'm on linkedin if i'm just putting up content right i'm social selling and this is really good content maybe i'm giving out branding tips i'm giving out linkedin tips at the end of my post I say follow hashtag Precious C Price for more content on branding, social media, LinkedIn. And then at that point, people who be like, okay, I don't want to actually connect with her because maybe I feel like I don't have any value to give, but I'm going to follow her hashtag because that way I can then be tapped into all of her content.
0: That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Shit. You just laid out some crazy jams for me some shit that i just did not fucking know cuz like when you first get on linkedin it's like i don't fucking know like the i don't i think it's literally just the way that linkedin is branded like, mm-hmm. it just makes you certain way when you go on there but it's like, a negative connotation know, like, the way that you just broke down everything, like, shit, is making me want to put, like, 90% of, my, 90% of my efforts into fucking LinkedIn, to be completely honest. Like, that shit is really crazy. So, it's like, way
1: more strategic, bro. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, LinkedIn is the platform when people tell me, like, I get people in my inbox all the time, like, you are really, like, active on LinkedIn. Are you active on other platforms? Yes, but LinkedIn is my bread and butter because you know what? For me, my clients who I know have the money, because on Instagram, it's a matter of I got to sift through people who is like, okay, you just bullshit. You want the free shit. You just want to, like, get on a free call. On LinkedIn, it's like they're ready to pay because they're CEOs. They might have really good jobs or whatever. Or they're looking for a job, but there's hunger behind it. Instagram and Twitter, people just stumble up on your shit, and now they want to know. Now they want you to get them all the gems for free. no linkedin is way more strategic with the way that people like reach out and connect it's always value and even if they don't buy my product i know or buy my service i know that they are going to engage with my content all the time they're going to follow it they're going to do all of this other stuff that's then going to in turn eventually they're going to become a client because the more you see my content it's social selling the more you see my content i'm selling to you without you even knowing it
0: Mm-hmm. so you would pretty much say that uh the way that you sell on LinkedIn is just less like direct.
1: Exactly. It's less direct and it's more relationship building. It's more like, hey, I see that you do this. Can we hop on a quick 15 minute call? I want to see how I can support you. Mm-hmm. And then that is when you get on the call, that is when you start the, what you typically think is sales.
0: hmm Yep. Yep. Because I'm looking at like, when I first started getting, getting on LinkedIn, I just started, you know, uh, connecting with people and shit like that. I just started getting a shit ton of, like, like even me looking in my messages right now, like, it's just a shit ton of people that is just, like, pitching me shit, like, yeah. as soon as I connect with them, like, literally, as soon as I connect with them. I don't know if it's, like, a bot or, like, what it is.
1: Sometimes, yeah, yeah sometimes it is.
0: What about these groups on here? Like, are these, do you think these groups on here are beneficial or not?
1: Groups are not popping on LinkedIn. Facebook is far better for groups. Um, mm. any, and I've been in numerous LinkedIn groups, they always just die out or they're not active. Everybody knows that Facebook, um, is kind of that place for groups, right? That's where you can go. You can join 10 different groups and you can learn about stocks. You can learn about all of this other shit. LinkedIn isn't necessarily like that with groups. So, a lot of people who, teach linkedin still host and house their groups on facebook
0: so so like for your linkedin coaching like um would break like break down break that entire thing down like is it like a course is it like a mm-hmm. like a mentorship program thing like what mm-hmm. what What's all involved in your LinkedIn coaching and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, of course. So it's an eight-week one-on-one coaching program. Right now, it's one-on-one. Eventually, we will move into the group format, but right now, it's one-on-one. So eight weeks, and we meet on on the off weeks. It's kind of you go, you learn. And we meet one-on-one, and then you'll implement. You learn and you implement. So what we cover within all of that, first and foremost, is what I said at the very beginning of this call. How do you want to be perceived? How do you want your brand to be portrayed online by other people? That's the first thing that we do. That spans across LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. It's your overall brand that you want to take on. That's the first week of us really figuring out how can you bring together all of this shit? Because people typically have multiple passions they're involved in a number of different things and they feel like they're hiding the piece of who they are right like they're like okay i go into the office but on the weekends i got a band i play music and i feel like i can't really be myself so that first week is pretty much us figuring out how can we merge or find the synergy between those two things between your profession and your passion that second week then goes into a complete revamp of your linkedin profile right showing you these different features of what I've talked about. And really, you said that it's crazy. I'm only scratching the surface of the features that LinkedIn has. It's crazy how in-depth you can get with how you can begin to sell yourself and then create inbound opportunity for yourself on LinkedIn. So that's week two. Then week three, we actually get into beginning to create content because content is the big piece on LinkedIn. If you think that you can just sell on LinkedIn and not create content, you are rude you are absolutely mistaken like sadly mistaken right and i feel like nate you would know this too every single platform you can't really sell shit without putting out some content people want to know that you know what you're talking about
0: that's very true
1: so that's what i teach them to do is how do you actually create really good content on linkedin because it's different from other platforms you this is this aspect of social selling that i was talking about how do you do that and then that last week is actually bringing it all together so that i want you to have a brand that is working on your behalf so at that point we're implementing all of your systems like a calendar system we're creating some type of lead magnet so that you can begin building your email list because whether or not you have a business Like I, I target corporate professionals, whether or not you have a business, you have a brand and you need to be building all of these pieces, right? Typically my clients are like highly impactful. They want to make more of an impact in their industry and they don't really care about getting paid more right now. Eventually they want to monetize what they do, but right now they just want to be recognized in their industry because they feel like their identity is confined to their company. So that is what I'm showing them to do. So through the whole program, that's what we do. We meet one-on-one every other week. And then the week that we're off, you're actually going through the different guides and workbooks that I have to begin putting out content on LinkedIn so you can see for yourself just how good it is. Because my guarantee is like, if you're not satisfied by the end of the program, you feel like you're not getting any inbound opportunity, getting seen more, I'll keep working with you until you do. Because that's how strongly I feel about marketing yourself and branding yourself on LinkedIn.
0: That's major, that's definitely major. Cause it's a lot of people selling a lot of bullshit. Especially even if you just go on YouTube and just like search some shit, like it's a lot of people selling a lot of bullshit and like, and a lot of it you can see through, and a lot of it sounds okay. interesting, but you exactly
1: for like, it, for we literally. can see through it. We talked about this on my on the episode I brought you on. We can yeah. see through it, but people who are like starting out, like they they in these people straight mm-hmm. jipping them like is a is a lick like
0: <laughs> that's fact so look y'all y'all literally y'all literally got it here man she just dropped a lot of gems on on lincoln and taught me a lot of shit too like as she was literally talking i was i'm literally sitting here going through it like wow like what the fuck like everything she was saying i was literally like and honestly like when i put this thing out on youtube i might just like like I don't know. Show myself going through as actually talking and literally just feeling everything. Y'all mm-hmm. doing everything. That shit is really major. So now we covered we covered the LinkedIn, which I feel like was super super dope. Now I'm moving into your Airbnb uh adventures. Yes. So Airbnb, like what's what's going on with that first and foremost, and like how and how is I really matter of fact. This is what this is what I want to this is what I want to talk about. Number one. I want you just to break down all whole short term rental game for people who for people who just don't really know. And then mm-hmm. I want to I want you to talk about like how coronavirus and this stuff like that is affecting your Airbnb business right now, if it is affecting the Airbnb business, yours <laughs> specifically. So like, yeah. So first and foremost, break down a short term rental game like for people.
1: Mhm. So, short-term rentals, so typically when people think about having a tenant and leasing something out and renting, you think long-term rentals having a maybe 6-month, 12-month tenant in there for the long game, right? That's a lot less that you have to worry about. You might have to do maintenance and shit, but for the most part you don't have to clean, they do that themselves. You don't have to furnish it or anything like that. Short-term rentals are pretty much flipping the game on its head to where you have some type of house. I'm just going to say a Space, right? It doesn't have to be a house. It could be an apartment, what have you. You have this space where you furnished it for other people to come in and stay a day, a weekend, maybe a week, couple weeks on end. But it's very short term. They are not staying there. They're not under a contract necessarily with you. So there are a number of um, short-term rental companies that you can go through to list your unit, to list your property. It's not just Airbnb. People typically think that that's the only one just because that's the main one that they hear about. But there's also other short-term platforms as well. And one other one is like VRBO. VRBO is a major competitor Of Airbnb, and that's where you can list your property too. And the good thing about it is you can list it on both of them, merge the calendars. And if you don't get anybody on Airbnb for, say, Friday night, you might get someone on the other platform. So that's pretty much how that works. As far as short term rental, you also are able to get a higher premium, right? So if you have a long term tenant, people are only going to pay so much per month for a space, for an apartment, for a house. You can't charge nobody $6,000 for an apartment, right? No matter how nice it is, you, you, you can't do that on a consistent basis. What short-term rental in this business allows you to do is pretty much make six to seven, likely more money dollars per month from the unit that you have without having a long-term tenant in there. So you're charging one, two, three, however much, however that amount is per night for them to then come in and now you have multiple people and if you're getting two hundred dollars let's say a night 30 days you do that math for yourself that's already like six thousand dollars that you're making from this could be one one bedroom apartment a whole house whatever it is so it's really flipping it to where you're actually being able to pay your mortgage and pay yourself from using this short-term rental game and putting other people in your house
0: so like with you with you pretty much renting out your house renting out your homes uh, you know, through Airbnb now, you you actually go through and purchase and purchase your homes, you uh-huh. know, right? Now there's now everybody probably can't purchase a home like at this mm-hmm. at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To so, like, how is things working out? Like, I know some people they like rent from a person and then like sub rent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To another person. So like, you know, which, so I'll take on that whole thing. That whole deal with like sub leasing and stuff like that, or renting whatever.
1: As, so the thing with a house, you there there shouldn't be too many issues for you to do that, especially if you are just renting a house, right? And even with the house that I have, the second, I, so I bought the first property that I have. I, I bought it, right? It's my house. I own this house. The second property, I'm actually doing a rent to own. So I'm renting right now to see how the neighborhood does, to see how everything does. And then eventually, I want to, I'm working with the buyer, not the buyer, the seller on the back end with no lender or whatever to figure out, okay, damn down the line once 12 months hit, do I want to actually purchase this house? That's what I'm doing there. And even before this, I was Airbnb in my apartment out in Buckhead. It was a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. Now there's different pros and cons to um, Airbnb in an apartment versus um, Airbnb in a house versus Airbnb in somewhere that you're renting. When you have a house, there's far more flexibility and less restriction that you have that you have to worry about, right? You don't have to worry about, okay, if somebody breaks something, then like, I gotta pay for it, right? Because these people don't know that I'm Airbnb or I'm renting this place out on a short-term basis. But for instance, if you own the house, right? Like I own my house, something goes wrong. Number one, these companies that you're going through, like VR VRBO, I believe it's VRBO, Airbnb, they they like they eat that cost. They have insurance for um homeowners or for hosts where you can get your money back if something goes wrong and something falls flat. With whatever happens during a guest stay. Now, when you're in an apartment, for instance, because this is typically how people start, there are apartments that certainly let you Airbnb your space. There are a ton of them that do not. Now, when you're looking at what are the risks of just doing it anyway, because this is what I did, I wasn't supposed to be Airbnb in my apartment last year, right? I Airbnb'd my apartment last year, and this was during the Super Bowl when it was out in Atlanta fire, made a ton of money. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I wasn't supposed to be doing that. And the risks that come with that are typically the apartments that people would want to stay in for an Airbnb. There's security gates around. You got to have a fob. You can't automate that business too much when you are renting out or short-term renting or Airbnb an apartment because there's likely some point where you have to hand off or pass off that fob and the key to other people. Then you also have to make sure, hey, don't interact with any of the apartment staff or any of the people who work here because they don't know that I'm airbnb in it, when then that's a risk on you because when people come and they experience any type of discomfort, they experience any type of, oh, I don't know, they want to go and they want to ask the first person that they see. That's typically somebody at that apartment. And if somebody at that apartment finds out that you are Airbnb in your space when you were not supposed to, because typically nowadays apartments outline that as a restriction, you likely might have to pay a fine, but they will also kick you out. And is that really worth losing your lease over?
0: So it's safe to say like when you, if, if you can't afford to buy a house or a you need to just be contacting people and saying, Hey, I'm trying to Airbnb this place. Yeah.
1: Like, honestly, be and if you can't, you you don't have to purchase a house in order to get in this game, right? Like, you can, I know people who go and get apartments and they do it anyway. It's just up to you on how careful you are with that. But even with a house, right? Like, when I did this one, I'm like, okay, I want to, you know, start leasing this, eventually buy it, but I want to let you know that I'm going to Airbnb it. At that point, they can either say, okay, whatever, I just need somebody in here. I don't care what you do with it. Or they're gonna to come to you and they're gonna say that they want a piece of whatever you're making. You can maybe even just offer that up front to kind of secure your own yes, right? But at that point, you are then that's cutting into your own profit that you have within the business. So that's just the piece that you got to think about.
0: So, that, and that's that's very that's very good. No, now, as far as as far as getting into this during this pandemic, how mm-hmm. realistic is that right now? Very pandemic.
1: Because even though people are not necessarily traveling out of the country, they're still going to different cities because they can't travel out out of the country to have fun. So if you're in a hot spot like the New York City area, maybe Chicago, Atlanta, L.A., Vegas, absolutely 100 percent. You can make this work because I'll tell you how it affected my business. So I have been I purchased the house that um, I have my first property back in October of 2019 prior to that like I said I was Airbnb in the apartment that I was in in Buckhead I purchased this house in October of 2019 I started to Airbnb it December 1st 2019 so immediately I started to get profit from that get my mortgage paid for right so then from there COVID hit in what March April and May I'm gonna say April and half Half of March, like the end tail of March when it was declared a pandemic, because it was right around, I think like the 16th or the 18th, when it was declared a pandemic, it was a shit show. Absolutely. Like cancellations everywhere. You're losing money. Like I was slated to already, I had already had booked earnings of like at least four or $5,000 for the house for April, May, June, but a lot of people started to cancel just because they didn't know what this shit was going to look like. They didn't know how long we were going to be in the house, right? So then at that point, everything stopped. Airbnb still allowed you to put rent your house out, but it was more of like there are way more protocols and it was up to you on whether or not you want to take that risk and bring somebody in your house and they may have COVID or you might have it and you might give it to them. That was the risk. So when it actually hit, yes, it was terrible for Airbnb. Um, I would say all of April, I didn't have anything. Like, everything was canceled. I didn't even receive any any bookings for real. I probably, during that time, I probably got maybe, I would say between six to eight requests. But I wasn't even comfortable letting them in because, again, we didn't know what the hell this shit was going to look like. So come May, and it was actually a Memorial Day weekend, that's when, that week is when I decided, like, okay, it's time to pop this back off. At least Atlanta, we're back open. People are back going out. It's Memorial Day weekend. Let me see how well I can do. Let me see if I can make some money. At that point, that's when everything started back up and it has not stopped since. I opened my whole calendar for the year back up and everything has been good. July, July was actually my highest month where I made about $7,000 from Airbnb, July or August, one of those two. And that was when I had one property. I didn't get my second one. Until the end of July, and I didn't start it. I didn't start to Airbnb it until about halfway through August.
0: So, what do you think, like the max earning potentials of this type of business? What What do you think they are like, or are they pretty much like limitless? You just keep getting property and property and property and property. You know it's limit. Saying?
1: I I would personally say it's limitless, and then it also depends on a number of factors, which is why I can't necessarily give you a number because it's like if you're renting out, let's say, I like my house, the first one that I have. Is a three bedroom, two and a half bath. This can fit about ten to twelve people in here. So at that point, where you're thinking about, typically when people Airbnb, what do they do? They they split the cost. It's not one person just buying an Airbnb for somebody, right? A whole house, at least, it's not. They're typically splitting that cost. So I think about it in terms of that. I'm like, if you splitting this right now, I do max eight, just because of the virus and everything. If you splitting this eight ways, I'm gonna increase the price. And at that point, you can be like the more amenities that you have, the nicer that you keep it, the better your reviews, you can continuously increase those prices, right? Now, of course, there is a max because you're going to have surrounding areas like your competition, right? You got to think about that. How are they pricing their stuff? Because if you price it too high, you're not going to get any bookings, but you can price it pretty high when you have those amenities, the thoughtful touches, just the communication and the reviews are good for that property. You can continuously increase those prices and then based on demand if it's a slow weekend decrease it holiday weekends mine shoots up like crazy and then even my rates versus weekdays versus weekends are there's still there's a gap in between those two
0: now with you no this is another thing i want to touch on now when you normally place in uh services or products on marketplace websites like these when you first start off On some of these marketplaces, it takes a while for you to get your first booking Mm -hmm. because it, like, puts you at the bottom of the, like, totem pole. You know what I'm saying? You don't have any views or anything, like, reviews. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. like... How does how is that with link? I mean, not LinkedIn, fucking,
1: uh, <laughs> Airbnb? Airbnb. It's it's the it's the exact opposite, actually. So when you're first starting out, they'll actually show your listing to more people and say like, "Hey, this is a new listing. We're offering ten percent off on this listing," and that's on their end, right? It's sometimes not even on your end, where they'll offer that. 10% off and they're showing your listing to more people because they want to keep you on the platform. So I would honestly say some people actually get in and they're like, "Damn, it's my first month. I'm doing amazing. I'm staying on here forever." And it's like, "Okay, yeah, you can do that." But after that first month, maybe month and a half, it kind of dwindles down and they and you're you're you have to stop leaning on Airbnb if that makes sense. Like they then take away that aspect of putting your listing at the top and you have to make sure all of the information within your it's listing as far like as the amenities the
0: It sounds like they have a system in place to get you looped in to pretty much get you looped in their ecosystem. You see that with dating apps Mm -hmm. like algorithms on dating apps. When if you first make a pro, if you first make a profile on, on dating apps, and you just look into it, like even people out there who don't use dating apps, literally just try this for yourself. Like go on a dating app, make a fucking Tinder or something. Go on that, make a fucking profile and then you will start getting hella fucking like you really have to look into it's really interesting when you just start looking into this shit Mm -hmm. and this will help you even out in your business even if you have like a subscription something that's based on subscriptions like if you can like make your business to where when you onboard somebody they'll get their first win like very very fast immediately like you will start making a lot more money off of that person because like I don't know like just think about it yourself like if you first sign up for something and a day later you win some money or you get a booking or whatever you're gonna stay on there a lot longer because you have like more hope for like exactly more shit, for more shit to happen but like you know uh that that's what that just reminded me of and i wasn't really like too certain of is that like how air airbnb and shit like that operated but that's mm-hmm. that's definitely that's definitely pretty dope i mean shit like. You just dropped a bunch of gems. Do you do anything for, like, Airbnb? Like, showing people how to get with Airbnb or anything like that? Because I saw some content on your uh, Instagram where you was, like, going live. And I was just literally just sitting there, like, watching it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have anything for Airbnb or, you know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, Airbnb is more of, like, that's my... Just side. If somebody asks, they want to do it. Yeah. So I do provide consults um, for Airbnb as well. And I have um, like a quick, it's like a live recording or recording of a live training that I did a QA and a on Airbnb that if you want to just buy that, which answered a lot of those introductory questions that people um, ask, I have that as well. So you can either buy the training or you can actually buy a consult with me for a half hour, or 60 minutes.
0: So where can they find all of your offerings?
1: You can find all of my offerings. If you just want, if you're an Instagram person, you can just go on Instagram. The link is in my bio. It's just preciousprice.com slash quick links. I believe you can get to that URL from anywhere, and that is where you're able to find pretty much most of the things that I've discussed today. As far as my program, Building Brand Authority, that's the eight-week one-on-one program as well as the airbnb consults are on there too but if you just want the links for yourself go check out my instagram like nate already said i go live pretty often <laughs> um, on things related to branding um, at times i go live related to things about the airbnb i have two highlights on there specifically that go through all of the hell that i've been through since mm-hmm. getting into airbnb um, so i know we talked about a lot of the good stuff but Is not all daisies. So if you are interested in more of that, you can check that out. I also did some screenshots of my earnings and all of that. So you'll find that on my profile under the Airbnb money hashtag and highlight.
0: So look, y'all, she just dropped a lot of fucking information. A lot of fucking information. And look, we're going to link everything that she just said, like as far as where to find everything, and down in the description of this podcast or YouTube, you know, YouTube video, whichever way you're watching it, or like, look you all can literally just dm me and ask me like yo i watched that uh precious episode you know where 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 can i find what she was talking about and i'll literally just point you there like you all know you can dm me and most of y'all already be doing that shit anyway so like uh (laughs) so saying that to say look she dropped a lot of gems precious thank you so much for coming on this fucking show like (laughs) you taught me a lot about linkedin like that was fucking crazy. And even the Airbnb stuff, because that's something that I've just been curious about too. Because I know a couple people that do it and, mm-hmm. you know, dropped a lot of gems on that. So thank you for coming on to the show.